Welcome to the Hot Topic Bold Talk Podcast. Dr. Jacqueline is opening a forum for us to discuss opinions on the topics currently trending today. She's also going to share her experience with unique and diverse books that will encourage us all to think differently about the world and change our lives for the better. Together, we cover hot topics and get into the nitty gritty of how they affect our lives. All in the friendly and engaging tone so that you feel comfortable listening, even if it's not your favorite topic. This podcast is the perfect blend of knowledge and fun. We discuss everything and anything that matters today. Don't settle for the same old stuff. Get in on the conversation. Hello, this is Dr. Jacqueline from DTP Leadership Group. This is podcast 20, and I've entitled it, What Happens? When national conversation moves toward horrors of systemic anti-black violence. My thought is, here's what needs to be addressed as well. How do we make room to celebrate creativity, joy, and strength of the African-Americans? As I was reading the many articles that are being published by Scallywag Magazine about this week in the South, I was struck by the words of Ta-Nehisi Coates in his book, Between the World and Me. Here's what he said. This entire episode took me from fear to a rage that burned in me then animates in me now and will likely leave uh, me on fire for the rest of my days. I still had my journalism. My response was in this moment to write. I was lucky I had even that. These are the comments he made in his book when his friend, Price Jones, was killed by the police. Now, Lovey is the first author I read from Scallywag, and I admire her work. In her newsletter on February 3rd, 2023, at 5.01 p.m., she gives some insight into the impact of contradictions experienced by the African-American community during Black History Month. Here are her statements. The Black History Month, we yet again find ourselves on the precipice of rebellion. As ever, when the national conversation reorients itself toward the horrors of systemic anti-Black violence, making room to celebrate creativity, joy, and strength can feel contradictory. But the South is built on contradictions, painful, violent, disruptive, cynical, and bitter. The home of slavery is also the birthplace of slave revolts, boycotts, sit-ins, riots, and marches. Pockets of Southern rage can be found anywhere that monuments to white supremacy still exist to be toppled. It's easy to become disillusioned by the slow pace of progress. 
Uh, power comes in knowing that other worlds are possible, no matter how often we've been told to forget. We deserve to express our anger and our grief and our fear for those we love. We deserve to remember the things that the system wants us to forget. It's shifting through these contradictions that enables us to tell the kind of stories we want to tell about ourselves 50 years from now. If we believe in black futures, and we do, then black history has to be what shows us how to build them. Collecting and telling these stories is now we seek the lessons we need to transform our futures. So here are some of the stories in Scallywag. Some of the articles Scallywag provided for this week were stories about celebration and amplification of Black past, present, and future. The first article is by Deshaun Harrison from Scallywag, and it is titled, There is no healing in an anti-Black world. There is no healing in an anti-Black world. She says, trauma is intergenerational, familial, and communal. It is internalized and shared amongst our siblings, our children, our families. We carry the weight of the trauma of Africans whose shackles could not keep them from jumping ship. We carry the emptiness of Africans who refuse to eat in chains. We carry the sting of slaves whipped across fields in the South under the beating sun. We carry the grip of the noose wrapped around the necks of growing children hanged from the lynch tree. We know what it means to be stripped of the ability to read and write. We know what it means to be forced to care for white children and die trying to have children of our own. We know what it means to be displaced from our homes via gentrification. We know what it means to be profiled, criminalized, <clears throat> incarcerated, and murdered by police. We are not strangers to trauma, and that trauma doesn't die with us. Harrison goes on in a series of grief, addressing the following. Capital G, grief, is the afterlife of slavery. Healing is an impossible task for those who exist as the underbelly of humanity. She has some excellent points, I think, that is true that grief is not about an individual death or experience, since loss has to be looked at from what the individuals, the family, and community experience when there's another death of an African-American. She provides a clear discussion of her belief that complete healing is never available to Black folks. Since Black folks hold tension in their body due to what is passed down from generation to generation. And finally, Black folks, complete healing cannot happen in an anti-Black world. Another author from Scallywag is Lee Hedgebutt. 
in his article, The Color of Freedom, Reimagining Portraits of the Former Enslaved. Here is his brief statement about this article. In the, in the late 1930s, the federal government funded the collection of oral histories of formerly enslaved people in over a dozen states. Commonly referred to as the slave narratives or the ex-slave narratives, there are over 2,000 stories sitting in an archive with about 300 photographs attached. Lee colored some of the photos that were low-quality black and white photos, which he renamed as freedom narratives. While the original photos cannot spare their narratives from the impact of white gaze and can even indulge voyeurism, he reflects they stand as unsalable evidence of each interviewed individual at a time when the personal dignity of black people was abrogated under the legacy of chattel slavery. One of the things I wanted to include is I feel grateful for the learnings I've had from the readings of Bell Hooks's poetry and books. She died a year ago and she is a great loss since she was a Kentucky scholar, activist, feminist, and author over many years. You may find that her 2012 poetry collection, Appalachian Elegy, speaks to you and asks you to look at the depth of yourselves. One of the things I've found fascinating about her work she does not capitalize the beginning of sentences and speaks from the heart where you do not lose her emotional connection since her sentences are continual. Here is number 57 from her poetry book. Fierce grief shadows me. I hold to the memory of ongoing loss, land stolen bodies shamed, everywhere the stench of death and retribution all around me. Nature demands amends, spirit guides me to take by the land made amends, silence the cries of the lost, the lamentations. Let them sleep forever sublime, knowing that we have made a place that can sustain us a place of certainty and sanctuary. And then I wanna to go to another part of, I think is very much a part of black history. And it speaks to the lack of preparation of parents to deal with the racism reckoning. I see fear in the Florida's governor's elimination of discussions about diversity, equity, and inclusion, or what we call DEI, and his need to destroy the critical thinking process that encourages the evaluation of multiple sources that are available on DEI and other topics that are usually included in an educational institution. I also see fear 
and white people generally, since they do not want to emotionally connect, to process through their feelings about what they read, hear, and experience when they go through the past and present history of African Americans in the United States. I've talked with many parents who admit they are not prepared to deal with the discussion of racism and the topics that can arise when that discussion starts. I feel very thankful for Ibram X. Kendi's books on how to be an anti-racist, how to raise an anti-racist, and his new book, How to Be a Young Anti-Racist by Kendi and Nick Stone, who is a young author. Here are Kendi's words that provide a way to be prepared as parents and to be able to address racism and the action politicians are taking to squelch the discussion of racism. These are the statements from his book, How to Raise an Anti-Racist, on pages 166 and 167. And there are many more facts that you will find helpful in this book. Here is what he has to say. Many parents were unprepared for this so-called reckoning. It's not that there weren't resources. Parents of young children could have used the picture book, Something Happened in Our Town. Parents of teens could have used Angie Thomas's The Hate You Give, or All American Boys by Jason Reynolds and Brendan Kelly. After Floyd's murder, just 34% of white parents of children ages 6 to 11 had conversations on, a, on occasion with their children about the need for racial equality. Teachers were as unprepared as the parents. Only 14% of teachers said that that year they had training and resources to offer their students about anti-racial uh, education. With state standards found to be inadequate, the textbooks used to meet these standards were also inadequate. One popular textbook, The American Heritage, labeled enslaved people as immigrants. A Florida middle school textbook, Discovering Our Past, detailed Thomas Jefferson's life without mentioning he was an enslaver. U.S. history curriculum often centers on the white experience. As the Southern Poverty Law Center discovered prior to Floyd's murder. As educational scholar Gloria Ladson Billings once wrote, all instruction is culturally responsive. The question is to which culture is it currently oriented? Since 2010, a majority of states have adopted the common. Let me repeat 
Since 2010, a majority of the states have adopted the Common Core standards with its canons of classic work primarily authored by white people. Even the authors presented in the curriculum materials in the New York City public school system, whose school population is only 15% white, remained overwhelmingly white. All of this during our current renaissance of middle grade and young adult authors of color. Let me give you a few, and I certainly can offer more if you would like uh, to email me to get them. But here are some of the middle grade and young adult authors of color. Nick Stone, Darcy Little Badger, Vashi Harrison, Elizabeth Eseverdo, Renee Watson, B.B. Alston, Paul Yo, and there are many others. What students are not learning, the absence in their education can be more harmful than what they are learning. Educators teach when they don't teach. The duality of hardly teaching about racism and about the lives of pe people of color standards and education of racist ideas. When students don't learn the racist policy behind the racial inequality in their community, it can lead them to believe that the white people have more because they are more. That is the fear statement of, any, of racial inequality. These racist ideas are reinforced when students see white people more in their curriculum. And so here is how I would like to conclude, uh, conclude this podcast. If you've heard these stories, what will you do to educate yourself about the past and present history of African Americans? Will you read Ibram Kendi's books and look at yourself to see where you may have racist beliefs, attitudes, and behaviors that you have learned over years. What will you do to support the ideas that all students in the United States need to know the significant contributions that their race has made? And will you act by voting out of office politicians that support white domination in what we offer in our educational systems. Thank you for listening to me. And I also want you to know that if you would like to have some of the list of things that uh, Kendi has put to, uh, together, as well as some things I've done to put together to allow us to look at both people of color and what happens in our white communities, you are welcome to email me at Jacqueline, J-A-C-K-A-L-Y-N, at D like dog, T like Tom, P like Paul, hyphen leadership.com. Thank you for listening to the Hot Topic Bold Talk podcast. 
Now remember to get in on the conversation, head on over to patreon.com slash Dr. Jacqueline. Bye for now. Thank you.